Hello and welcome back to another episode of Biff Pal Pam. I'm your host, Paul, as always. And tonight we will see What If T'Challa Became a Star Lord, episode two of What If. Joining me as always is Josh. Good evening. And Tony. Classic Star Lord. <laughs> and we'll get into that shortly, very quickly, in fact. Um, so let's dive into it. Um, I think we were both, we were all kind of. A bit disappointed with the first episode. Not disappointed as such, but mm. kind of... I think we had higher expectations than what was given. Yeah, yeah, mm. definitely. I think well, it, was just a, it was just a little bit of a, a letdown in the fact that it didn't stray very far. Yeah, it, yeah. it was more of what if things ended up slightly different, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, with this, we're at the completely other end of the spectrum. Massively, yeah. Um, so... Still totally in love with those credits. I think the credits are great. Yes. Um, I think it, it felt a little bit more... And with the next bit, I, I kind of felt... The first one, obviously, they gave us what we'd seen before. This one, I was quite surprised that it jumped straight in. Mm. But it fitted, it fitted with those credits. Yeah. That you didn't go into something we'd seen previously. It just went yeah. from him telling this story of things happening for a reason and then jumping straight into it which i thought was was really good and it was great to get straight into chadwick's performance and, as well and probably the only bit that really mirrored its film predecessor yeah and it's literally just like 15 seconds that yeah. mirrored it and that mm. was it um stepping back slightly to the the running order of the cast i thought was a bit strange um I was surprised that Karen was so down the so far down the list when she plays quite a big part in this episode. Mm. Yeah, um, it was strange that she didn't get her own credit like a lot of the main cast did. She was mm. on a list with like the the Black Order, wasn't she? She wasn't yeah. on her own, which which kind of surprised me. Um, then, quoting uh, Tony's little bit, I thought this was Jimmy's best performance <laughs> as Korath. <laughs> I thought it was absolutely brilliant in this. Yeah. I know it seems to have divided people on internet, where I saw some comments who thought it was a bit ludicrous in being fanboy. But that's the whole point of it being a what-if scenario. Yeah, yeah because, because we, Charlotte is just such a cool character, no matter what universe he's in. Yeah, yeah, and we don't know whether Korath hasn't met Captain Marvel in this universe exactly. or anything. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So it's it's great that he was allowed to be a little bit freer. And I've never seen him play that kind of role in anything. No, not always even... very sort of edgy characters he plays, aren't they? He's... Yeah, and I thought it was it was brilliant. And and I sat down, this was the third time I'd watched it when I, I made my notes. Um, and I kind of said, now I can concentrate on Chadwick's performance throughout yeah. this. The first couple of times you're kind of taking in the story. With the third watch, I was like, my God, what a loss it actually is. When you see mm. a performance that is so different yeah. Um, to what he'd given us previously as Black Panther and, and in a lot of his other roles as well um, that I've seen, this was very, a, a much freer performance. And I he's think. also given it his all with the dialogue with delivery, uh, very unlike yeah. Seb's the week before, or last yeah. week. Yeah, definitely. And, and I said, it's, it's his live action performance animated. Yeah, yeah it, it really is. And I said, it's such a shame that we won't see any more of his Black Panther or Star Lord because. For me, this is the superior Star Lord. <laughs> He's way better than Chris Pratt. 
um, I'm I'm just not a fan, and we'll we'll touch on him a little bit later as well um, once we get to the end of the episode. Um, then then on to Rooker as Yondo. <laughs> the performance is never going to change, is it? No, we know it's going to be exactly the same performance no matter what, um, yeah. and we love him for it. Yeah, it's exactly what we asked for from him. Um, <laughs> Basically, I having seen him. At a signing event. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where he actually pushed somebody in a wheelchair away from the desk and let her yeah. free wheel. And she and <laughs> and the person that he did it to actually was really giddy about it. She loved it. The best thing for, for me with with him, I having I actually met him as well. Um, I was in the first, I was at the first convention after I'm Mary Poppins show. And he was allowed. He was actually allowed to do it for the first time because no one had ever seen it at that mm. point. And he literally at the start, they they were like, "Right, we're going to open your queue." And he just stood up and went, "I'm Mary Poppins, yo!" As the queue started coming towards him, and it's just, it will ever forever stick with me. And and yeah, as I said, his performance is you're always going to get the same performance from him, no matter what. It it was the same in Suicide Squad. It was the same in. Walking Dead, you're never going to get a performance that's that different from him. But and that's why he keeps getting cast because people like it. Yeah, people want. So, uh, yeah, I I I love him. Um, and I thought his his performance in this was great. Um, it's funny though. Was just I, I. Yeah, earlier in his career, back in the times of JFK, such a there is more nuance there. Yeah, he's he's actually quite good in JFK. Uh, yeah, I, I've seen him in a few things from when he was younger, and yeah, and you're right. Vernon as well, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's strange how that happens, isn't it? That mm. they kind of they get pigeonholed in that role, and then it's kind of like they can't do anything else. Yeah, they they just continue to do it. There's a there's a few actors that I think have become like that. Some of the the big action stars look at Stallone and Schwarzenegger. Their performances. When you go back to like the eighties and the nineties, with Arnie doing stuff like Kindergarten Cop and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. he'd never even think about doing something like that now. No. Um, so yeah, it's it's strange. Then my my next note was how brilliant Wakanda looks, no matter what format it's in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks great in live action. It looks great in animation. Yeah. Um, and just, just as a side note, it looks great in a video game as well. Uh, yes, it's in the trailer for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, then I get on to my least p- favorite performance, and I know Josh, you've got a couple that you weren't massive, you weren't a massive fan of. But for me, Sean Gunn was appalling in this. Mm. <laughs> it was just so forced, and it's like he doesn't know how to act unless his brother is directing him. Yeah. See, mm. the thing is, I think, I think because he's so comfortable working with James. That he he is a bit kind of like a rabbit in the headlights, going, "Oh, what the fuck do I do? What do I do?" When yeah. isn't there now? That's not a massive problem because, in fairness, we could come back in five years' time and say, "Oh, Sean's kind of come into his own." Yeah. In terms of an actor, but I do take your point. At the minute, he is very forced, but I am wondering whether that is due to COVID and the fact that a lot of stuff might have been recorded from home. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, you've got to assume, assume he's done quite a lot of work like that. I know he didn't didn't really 
voice anyone in Suicide Squad except for Calendar Man for five seconds. <laughs> um, but you wonder how much work he did on on Weasel. Yeah. Um, not on set that was done elsewhere as well. So I would imagine he's probably kind of got a little bit bored of it by this <laughs> point. Um, though stepping away from that, I do love as they put the team together once they end up in the bar um, and they all just kind of settle in and you're kind of like, oh, he is joining them now. And then, of course, the uh, the big one, as Brolin kills it, is Captain Genocide. Oh, uh, do you know what? When he <laughs> up, I literally had shivers going down my spine going, how the hell? <laughs> And again, a really good, basically, is on screen, is live action performance in terms yeah. of the dialogue delivery. Yeah. It, there's um, nothing stilted about it all. He's given it his all. Yeah, he really is. And it's it's brilliant. And I, for one, hope they do bring his cable back in the live action stuff. I wasn't yeah. a massive fan of Deadpool 2, but I would like to see him stick around yeah. um, in the MCU because I think he's... I was never a massive fan of his, weirdly. Um but of then Brolin in recent, uh, no, of Brolin. Oh, right. Um, but I think he's kind of stepped up over, over the last 10 years or so um, and really come into his own. Well, he's um, one of those actors who sort of, I don't want to say lived in the shadow of his dad, but. He's kind of lived in the shadow of his whole family, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the Brolin is a big thing in Hollywood. Yeah. Like. yeah. So, um, yeah, it was. A strange one, but he has, he's definitely picked up and I, I would love to stick, see him stick around. Um, then that the was next... thing I saw complaints about online, actually, from, uh, probably from the same poster somewhere about the, the constant running gags about genocide. He's not funny. Well, oh, it was, it was funny. <laughs> from the moment, he ki- the moment he kind of appears behind him, yeah, behind Korath and puts his hand on his shoulder, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's where we're going, are we? Yeah. Um, thought that was brilliant and then then we get the introduction of uh drax (laughs) now we've i don't know whether it was us that spoke about it or whether it was on one of the other shows but obviously it isn't dave batista no um he's come out and claimed that he wasn't offered it disney said he was um so it seems like something got lost in translation but honestly with that version of drax i don't think it needs to be him No. no not at all it's a completely different character. He's much more animated, for one of the yeah. better words, isn't he, in this. So. Well, the, yeah, other th- he, the other thing is, um, I know we were saying last week about uh, Josh Keaton vo- voicing Steve Rogers, and you couldn't really tell the difference unless you looked it up. Yeah. Like You could tell the difference with this one, I thought, but yeah. that was fine because, like you say, it's not Dave Batista Drax. It's a, no. it's a completely new character. No, it's what yeah. if Drax, and it's very different. So then we go on to one of the ones that Josh wanted to talk about in uh, the Jessica Rabbit version of Nebula. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. Yes. I always thought my type was ginger. (laughs) And now it's blue skin. Oh, my God. I mean, I know it's a cartoon character, but bloody hell. But you, you watch that and you're thinking... I want to see Karen do that version yes. live action. Yes. I yeah. want Karen to be in the blue on the, on camera, look in a mirror and go, do you know what? I'd suit a wig. And then, you know, there's like just an end credit scene of her trying to load the wigs on. Yeah. I want that. Yeah. yeah. You do begin to wonder, obviously, James Gunn is, is walking away from Guardians after this third one. Mm. 
and you do begin to wonder whether this might be where it's heading, is that we get a new version of the Guardians that we know. I think you'll get, it'll be like the Avengers in that you, you get the ever-changing roster, like after maybe three movies. <laughs> uh, every three movies you get a new roster, but you still get the old characters popping up every now and again. Yeah. It's my first reaction, I think, upon her appearance was, and there's a lot more cosplays coming from What If now. <laughs> <laughs> there's um, a lot of that version about, I think. Yeah. Then just a, a couple of lines that I, I kind of picked up on. I like the adopted and synchronization line. <laughs> yes. I thought that was just great that they were completely in synchronization. I, I love that. And then obviously the Robin Hood comparison as well um, was, yeah. was very Disney. Um, keeping with uh, within the uh, the whole. You know, do, you know, do you know what I would have loved with that Robin Hood comparison on the um, dashboard of the Ravager ship? I would have loved to have had the little Robin Hood animated fox. Yeah, <laughs> I would have loved to have had that on there just it's as apparently a little Robin Leach is a real person, isn't it? Yeah. Um. Then we get to. Obviously, the the main crux of the episode, the uh, the taking of the the collection. Um, I love that they brought his assistant back. She was one yes. of those characters that I was kind of like, oh, I need a bit more of her. Yeah. In, in the film, and she's been used in the ride. Um, they brought her back um, to play a live action uh, on Mission Breakout at Disneyland. Um, so it's not the first time they've used her. Or, or Miss Lovely Bond, as I call her. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, obviously, there's there's quite a lot in, in these scenes um, yeah. with the collector. Um, his collection is so much bigger. It is, yes. yeah. <laughs> it's so much better as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, we get the Dark Elf, obviously. Um, looks quite like Christopher Eccleston's version. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering whether that's what they were aiming for, because, of course, the one in the film didn't really look like him. It was obvious what it was, but with this, it kind of did look like Eccleston's um, version from Thor Dark World. Um, so I'm wondering whether it was meant to be. Um, the collector is even stranger, and I don't know how that's possible. It, it's, good De- it's good, <laughs> though. It is, because Benicio Del Toro was weird enough in the live-action version. But um, thankfully again as well, another one who came in and gave it his all. It's a really good turn. Yeah, it it's is. a machine brilliant. as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, and then not just Benicio, but the return of Seth Green as Howard, yeah. um, which is a proper nod to the film, because once know- you go duck, you never go back. <laughs> yes. You know what, right? I really want a Howard the Duck animated series, because let's be honest, we're not going to get the, li- the live-action film. We're not going to get a film full stop, let's be honest. No. Um, but if Disney Plus really want to do a Howard the Duck thing, do it animated, Make it slightly R-rated, maybe a little bit, you know, tongue-in-cheek if you want to appeal it to the kids as well, because let's face it, it's a fucking duck. It um, was meant to be the follow-up to MODOK. Oh, for fuck's sake. Why? Written by Kevin, Kevin Smith was writing it. Oh, my. Yeah. And that is a perfect writing to a property ratio. Yeah. That, he would be the perfect person to take that property on as well. Yeah, and then they canned it once uh, Marvel brought everything in-house. Oh, fuck's sake. And Modoc was already in production, so they had to finish it, and that's why there's only one season, as far as I know. So why can't they do Howard the Duck now? Because then if, if Marvel has brought everything in-house, then surely it's all under Disney? 
Yeah, because they didn't want to. Oh, for fuck's sake. It was the same as the Deadpool with um, Donald Glover. I mean, Disney Plus has got the perfect R-rated side in Star. And yet, yeah. like, they're just not thinking. Marvel is still well, thinking. It's, and it's don't get me wrong, it's, it's good with, like, WandaVision, Falcon and Soldier, etc. But they need to appeal to a, a slightly more mature audience. Well, as, I've as had well this conversation as... with Paul in the past about Disney going forward, particularly Disney+. Plus. And, and they need to remember that they've still got a fan base that are, called, that are aging. Yes. Yeah. But they, and they're the ones they need the money off for Disney+. Plus. Yeah, because they're yeah. the ones who are paying for the kids' accounts. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. they need to be a bit savvy and start putting some stuff that... Now they've got Star, there's not really an excuse not no, to. No, not at all. I'm not being funny. I watched Aliens the other day. That is the most R-rated film you could fucking ask for. There is blood, acid blood. There is effing and jeffing. There's all kinds. And I just don't understand why they haven't, like... I mean, if they've got a plan behind the scenes of having, like, um, Deadpool, Howard the Duck, um, a couple more R-rated things, Marvel-wise, at least, then fair enough. But they need to, like, hint at it so people know. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's why, kind of, why they're keeping Howard Duck around because I think they know there is a, a fan yeah. base for him. They're hedging their bets, aren't they? Yeah, it's the fact that there was absolutely no reason for him to be an Endgame at all. No, because he had no real relationship with anybody. No, yeah. other than the fact that he'd seen the Guardians once, <laughs> and kind of like, oh, so we're just going to chuck him into the middle of a massive battle that could end the world. No, see, and if that would have been me, I'd have had him sat on the sidelines with a drink. Yeah. That's Howard the Duck. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what else I'd have done? If he was in that Avengers final fight scene in the Endgame, I'd have done a proper Batman 66 style and I'd like the, the pow, kapow, wham, slam. <laughs> right, he sees it, yeah. So on the note of uh, Howard, the Dunk, Howard the Duck drinking, that drink that he has... In what if is now available outside Mission Breakout at Disneyland? Is right. <laughs> is right. Um, is it alcoholic? I believe so. Yes. I'm going to Disneyland, boys. <laughs> um, I did say, as we mentioned, Benicio really does sell a kind of tough role because yeah. he doesn't have. He's never had much exposition on him. We don't really know a lot about him other than the fact that he collects these artefacts. We don't know about where he's from, mm. how he got to this point or anything. I'm kind and of Benicio... hoping that um, Benicio sticks around long enough for them to do... Like, obviously, we've had the Infinity Saga. This is now the Multiverse Saga. And then I'm hoping that the Saga after will be the Contest of Champions. Um, yeah. Because I want to see that, because the version they did on the animated Spider-Man, the, um, they did a short run in the comics. Uh, there's a game of it. Um, they're all really good and I'd love to basically just whack anyone in an arena up against each other but they're forming like a breakout plan behind the scenes like basically just do a massive saga of the Great Escape Marvel style <laughs> So going on I, I thought that they, the Black Order were killed off fairly quickly compared to their uh, live action comparisons yeah, yes. yeah they were a bit <laughs> <laughs> They didn't last very long did they? Yeah. Um, then going on to, to some of the things that we, we see that's in the collection, obviously he gets hit by Korg's arm, which oh, I thought was a bit Korg. mean. Oh my god, poor Korg! Yeah. <laughs> I like Korg. 
Um, then obviously in his in his box of tricks, we have Cap Shield, Mjolnir, Loki's daggers, uh, and the final bit of Hela's headdress. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a few more in there that I didn't quite get, um, but it does it go off. on for a split quite... second. I'd be surprised yeah. if you saw anything else. Yeah. The one thing that I was disappointed that wasn't in his collection was Rocket and Groot. Because yes. I was convinced they were going to be in one of those yeah. glass cases at mm. some point. Yeah. Um, and there's no no sign of them, which is a shame. And it looks like we're not going to see them at all in in this series because there's been yeah. no mention of them at all. Yeah. Well, we're getting Gamora, so. Yeah, possibly. But then she's Thanos Gamora. Yeah, she's obviously a, a, another alternate universe, but yeah. it, at least it's still a Guardians member. Yeah. Um, I had I have to mention this, and I think it's probably something that, that Tony may have noted as well the uh, the guardians theme plays throughout yes um yeah. but with a slightly wakandan feel to it mm. with a kind of yeah. tribal essence to it which i thought yeah. was was brilliant um i love that the one thing i will say about the design in this episode was tivian looked like blanco from street fighter <laughs> <laughs> like he was going to go full full on electric at some point oh um, so now you said it i can't get it out of my head just waiting for somebody to go, finish him! Yeah, exactly. Um, I did note when they uh, they released the collection, there's quite a lot of scrolls and Kree in there that he seems to have collected um, yes. over the years. So that was, I think it was kind of easy just to keep replicating the same kind of character over and over again. Um, then I said the return to Wakanda, as, as we noted earlier on, is just beautiful. Um, the, the throne room looks superb in animation it looks superb in live action um but it had a real glow to it in the in the animated stuff which i I loved um was great to have deny back um i even if it was for one line obviously we we thought that she was going to turn up in uh falcon and winter soldier and she didn't uh, i'm guessing probably because she was doing walking dead at the time Mm. um, and wasn't available but she was available for this so that was that was great to see that. Um, and then on to that, that final scene. Um, brilliant to see Kurt Russell. Yeah. Shame, shame Chris Pratt is still being exactly that, a Pratt. <laughs> um, <laughs> and not coming back. Yeah. yeah. Um, and another one that I, I don't understand. He's, he's signed to a contract. Why wouldn't he come back? Um, yeah. Only thing I can think of was a lot of this was done at the time when James Gunn possibly wasn't on board. Uh, it might have possibly been when he'd been sacked or let go of. And also, um, it's easy cash. You roll up for a day, see a few yeah. lines and go home. Well, it's one line. It's yeah. not even... He could have done it in his bedroom. Yeah. And That'll be that's it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I think it's a, it's a great setup for the final season. Uh, for the not the final season for the next season yeah. um, it even mentions that's a story for another day yeah you, you uh, wonder I, if they're going to follow go through with that we may see Rocket and Groot at that point perhaps we don't yeah know. I would imagine that'll be something we, we see uh, and then obviously the uh, the Tearfield dedication at the end for mm. Chadwick um, yeah. just and that I think that is kind of the final note isn't it um, we might get something on Black Panther, but I think that's kind of well, the. There are there are rumours kicking around that uh, uh, all the various YouTube things I follow that, that he may actually pop up in a couple of the other episodes, Chadwick. So 
I would imagine, yeah, I'd heard rumours about that, that maybe he might be seen somewhere else. But I think this is the last time we will see it concentrated on him. On him, yeah. Um, I would imagine he probably should have been in the final episode. Mm. Um, but it's kind of like, well, we can't really do that now because that would kind of kill off <laughs> the, the Guardians of the Multiverse for the next season, wouldn't it? He'd it, be mm. another giant hole um, missing from, from season two, if that was the case. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just my, my final notes. I just said, well, what a difference a week makes. They did everything we asked of them after episode one. Still a couple of duff performances in there. Um, as I said, Sean Gunn, uh, I wasn't a massive fan of. Um, but among some absolute zinging performances from the likes of Brolin, Chadwick, um, just brilliant. And it, just the final thing to say for me is farewell to, Ch- to Chad. T'Challa mm. will live on via these superb outings that he gave us. Yep. Um, and I don't think that those performances will be forgotten. No. Not at all. Watching it, I was just... just what a great voice he had and, and, and a great accent he adopted for the, for the role. And it's just... It just oozes talent from every, every word he delivers, you know. It's just, and it's amazing to think that like, he didn't have that long a career either. No, no, like I got a, a massive surprise rewatching um, Castle, and mm. he made a guest appearance in that. Yeah, which series is that in then? Um, three, I think. I think about that sometimes. So, because I got to season four, and then I started watching the rookie. Um, but yeah, he he guest appearance in that, and doesn't feel like that long ago that that was on TV. And so it's just amazing how his career took off so quickly. Yeah. Um, and yeah. to just say it ended like that with, with no real warning either. Yeah. Um, I think it's the thing that hits hardest, isn't it? When you don't know. Yeah. Um, oh, well, you, that, you, and you, you also, you mourn the work that we won't see. Yeah. From the, in the future that, that's been lost as well. Definitely. Um, Two or three films, Black Panther films with him, and possibly some cameos in the other ones as well. And, yeah. and we we lose that, we, we lose the man, and we lose what the man would have become as well. And it's, it's quite hard in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Definitely. yeah, I can't add much more. I just, I loved it. I thought I, I was surprised how good the stars were in this one, like Brolin, like Karen. The, the, the delivery, they all stepped up and gave us really good line delivery. Uh, visually, I thought it was great. I loved um, the floaty prison chambers, effectively, for one of the better cases yeah. in this. Um, there's there's a one bit in the fight where um, T'Challa gets kicked back uh, and, and they all separate. Yeah. And the attention to detail like that was fantastic, I thought. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. yeah and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I just can't wait. I hope they keep that level up for most of the series. Um, Josh, have you got anything you want to add? Yeah, not not much. It just uh, based on last week, the only thing I could have really said was going forward. I really hope that they dared to be bold and brash with twisting the original timeline and creating these new alternate realities and everything. And the only thing I can say with this week is they did. They went big and they brought it home. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So obviously that's it for for this week for episode two. Uh, we will be back uh, next weekend or next week, depending on when these come out. Um, 
with episode three. Uh, I'm not sure who it is next week. I think it might be Loki. It's apparently week. some sort of murder mystery, from what I've heard, based yeah, well, around the it, Avengers. It's, it's set during Fury's big week, isn't it, Pat, reportedly? So Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, it's possibly Loki being the, the main villain. The fourth week. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we will be back with episode three. Thank you, boys, for joining me. No problem. If you are enjoying these reviews, obviously we are doing weekly shows quite regularly now. Um, if you are enjoying them, please leave us a review. It does help us to be seen. Obviously, we'd love to be back getting guests on the show like we were in the, the early days. It's a little bit more difficult now because everybody's kind of tied up with Marvel and aren't really allowed to speak to anybody. Um, <laughs> but the more reviews we get, the more visible we are and the more likely Marvel are to actually look at us and, and give us a chance to to interview some of these these guys that are popping up on these shows. So if you could do that, that would be great. Um, go and listen to our other shows. We're just about to record For the Love of the Franchise. As Josh mentioned, we have all just watched Aliens. Um, so that will be coming out around the same time as this. So go and check that out. Tony and I are recording two new episodes of And the Winner Is tomorrow, um, where we will be reviewing The Sound of Music, uh, first of all. So that will be the first one out uh, this week on that. So go and check those shows out. And we will be back next week with another episode of Biff Pal Bam. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.